Hello everybody and uh, welcome <laughs> to another episode of Raptors in the Kitchen. This is November 12th, 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming to you from the capital of the world, COP26 Glasgow. I'm joined by Neil McCulloch. Good evening. And Tommy Vass. Hello. And uh, how has COP26 ruined your life for the past two weeks? It's not allowed to walk because of pro- possible protesters, things like that. So it wasn't too bad. It was, I'd, I'd imagine if you were a driver, it must have been a fucking nightmare. But in saying that, my mate who went, he lives in Blantyre, he had to get the train home from work. And when he went down there, because of vandalism or whatever, there was a police blockade. So they actually, he couldn't get into Central. Aye, it definitely, Glasgow has turned into a police state. That picture yeah. going around of Finiston where it was just like two lines of cops right uh-huh. up the entire street. Yeah. Aye. So it wasn't too much. I'd imagine Neil, well, Neil works in the city centre, so how was that? Do you know I've had no right problem. next to George. I, I have had absolutely no problems with it, uh, apart from one day where, and this is if you're not from Glasgow, this will completely fly you by. My bus dropped me uh, uh, behind Marks and Spencers. All right. Uh, instead of down on uh, oh, Union Street, Renfield Street. Yeah. And that was a pain in the arse, but that was the day of the big march. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so by the time, yeah, and by the time I'd walked down, uh, I got to Tony Macaroni's at West Regent Street. And the police had just come down the hill. And you could just see them all coming over the hill. There was all quite a lot of people. But other than that, no problems. Yeah. I, I work, like, work's been really quiet because of it, so it's been a dawdle week. Uh, we we've had like meetings in work about how to deal with stuff that's happening. Like apparently there was like folk out spraying things green if they like uh, disagreed with like companies or whatever. So we were told to expect that, like getting our our van spray painted green. It never happened. Uh, apparently there was like loads of protesters and stuff like round next to like where I work as well because like I live it's, I, I work like right next to the river but I never saw anybody I just heard people talk about them like uh, I got bus diverted a few times yeah. um, aye just annoying more than anything else in it yeah mm. glad it's done though this is the last day of it officially yeah so yeah. no more just hearing sirens in the street constantly and helicopters in the air for no fucking reason it was kind of exciting at first, but then you're like, yeah, this is tedious now. Uh, I want to know where all the homeless and the junkies went. Because like, that's the thing, because like, I'm around Central quite a lot, because that's where the buses are for me to up the road, or the taxis. Um, and it's normally teeming with like, junkies and They've just been moved on by the cops. They'll all be I, in I just the, wonder like, where they've been put. The, a lot of them are like... Somewhere a, where they can't see them, swept yeah. under the rug. There's a lot... Like whenever like I go for the bus now, like I think it's the Charles Ready Macintosh Hotel across the road. There's loads of like folks hanging about there, and you're like, man, I wonder if they've all just kind of been put in there uh, and kept in there. Right. Well, that I mean that happened during COVID as well, didn't it? Like I, I, I think it still technically is happening. You know what I mean? Like, is it? I think. It's always a CT when we opened up. See around, see around Central. Uh-huh. It was horrendous. Right. So anyway, let's say. Or a digging on the homeless bit. <laughs> no, it's like... It's a, <laughs> yes, homelessness is a problem. It is a problem. <laughs> yeah, it's a problem. But look, it's, just, it's just something you notice, know, you're like, mm, it's, it's just it's weird that they're not there anymore. Uh, look, I mean, this happened the last time when uh, the Commonwealth Games were in Glasgow as well. They, it's the only time that the council spend any money on like I was about to say cleaning the place up as if like they're homelessly clean but no but I mean like the landscaping and stuff yeah. as well like they'll kind of go around and actually kind of you know just get rid of bits that were kind of derelict before they've sat there for years mm-hmm. okay this is them because you know there's important people watching the field they need to actually well, yeah, I don't, yeah 
that that happened this time as well. There was a lot of places where you like, man, bushes were getting trimmed, right. leaves were getting swept, and all that. And I'm like, yeah, but what about that side of the road? Right. That actually <laughs> that that annoys me more than anything else, though, because like this is the sort of stuff they should be doing all the time, not yeah. just. Uh, it shows like, oh, there is money for this. Uh, it's just we're only willing to spend it when there's important delegates. Yeah, uh, when big Joe Biden's here, farting Obama. <laughs> Yeah, the lot, man. Brilliant. So, so, how do we how do we want to do this? Are we just going to straight in? Like, I should also say, we did record a, a podcast for James Bond. It was for James Bond, yeah. I will give you a quick rundown of that podcast. Many Saints of Newark was rubbish. In uh, Neil's opinion. According to Tommy, James Bond was alright. James Bond was alright. We also had our mate Danny on, and I feel like it was actually, it's a shame that that podcast is temporarily at least lost because but, I think it was one that, of, one that of the better ones. It's in the web of whatever paddle can be fucked. Right. Computer fixed. Okay, my computer for some reason. Now when I log into Windows, the screen just turns black, I, and I can't do anything. Um, Task Manager comes up, but doesn't look a little bit anything. So like I done a bit of troubleshooting and got as far as it telling me to put it in safe mode, and uh, that is where it has remained for <laughs> for about, like, what, three weeks? you know weeks? how to put it in safe mode? Yeah. It's just, you just can't be bothered doing it. See, as soon as it said to do that, I was like, this is more involved than I want. Uh, I, I should get around to it. In fact, I've not even tried booting up the PC since that last time. Like, for all I know... Cause probably, P- it's probably uh, fine. Because yeah. PCs are fickle things, man. Like, it probably just work all right. And you're, bit, and you're off for a week. Well, I was. I'm back at work on Monday. You had a whole week. It was great. <laughs> it's absolutely great. Um, yeah. So, this week's podcast, we are going to be covering Eternals and June. Yeah. Is that all we've seen? Have you guys watched? Uh, you watched last night, so I watched you? last night. So you watched Antlers. I watched Antlers. Uh, and, uh, oh yeah, like I think I mentioned. Uh, yeah, I watched. Uh, I think this was the other episode where I watched the uh, Adams Family too, which was very good fun. That's right. Oh, and, that, co- and cop shops film the year so far. Uh, that, uh, <laughs> that other that other podcast will see the later day at some point when I get my PC fixed. Uh, I also watched Venom: Let There Be Carnage, oh, uh, yeah, which is one well. of the worst films of the year. I still have if a not the really good time watching it. Uh, no, nah, it was tragic. It was so bad. Like how how can you take Venom, like this kind of quite malicious, imposing character, and make him one of the most pathetic people in all of cinema? Because that's what they did. That's what they yeah, managed well, to do. Yeah, they did. But that was in the first one as well. Yeah. It wasn't that pathetic in the first one. Or, like, they they also draw attention in the movie to him having, like, the knowledge of a, a hive mind, generations of hive minds, and he is a fucking idiot as well. Yeah. Just like, I'm, I remember you saying that, I'm going to go watch it, and I'm like, and then you came back, you're like, it's one of the worst films ever, and all that, and I'm like, yeah. But you, I told you that. You've seen the first movie. It was the, a goofy CGI-ridden yeah, fucking mess, like that the, movie. The first and one, it's like, what did you think was going to happen with the second one? Like The first, the first one, one made a ton of money. They're just going to be like, right, just do that again. And but they, make money. But they didn't, though. Like, yeah, they, they, they made they this even made... worse. <laughs> like, that, that first one was like... It was kind of bad, but it was, it was still. No, it was. Shit. It still had. It still had like a bit of fun about it. I feel like this one in no. particular, though, it was like there almost every single scene. It felt like they purposefully tried to make it the worst movie they could. I like. I don't. Again, I don't know why. I I had a different experience of watching that film. Um, but see if you told me that that film was made in nineteen ninety two by Orion, I would have believed you. It it, was, I'd, I'd imagine it wouldn't look as 
I'll well, say it, polished. it wouldn't be. I mean, it, it looks pretty bad. Anyway. It wouldn't be as polished, but it does. It doesn't look great to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a tight ninety minutes. The scenes just oh, crash God. together. Just crash together. Uh, they don't get really that much time to breathe, but it's still. I still had a reasonably fun time watching. There's some really bad scenes. I, I will it's say really dumb. It's for, a really dumb romantic comedy. See, for you saying like it's an hour and a half long, I can remember thinking before it went in, like even if this is shit, it's still just ninety minutes. Right, but wait, hold on. that hour and a half felt like five hours to me, man. Like, <laughs> but I seen it was ninety minutes long. That's the only thing that was maybe going to pull me into watching it. But I'm like, I'm like, no, because it doesn't. No, because it'll be fucking rubbish. Because the trailer shit. What's the plot? Like, I mean, Venom meets Car. Venom meets. Aye, Tom, Tom Tom Hardy like doesn't he get on well with Venom like uh, he's ruining his life and all the rest of it like uh, or they think they think that's the case like they want to break up so like eventually it's, it's, it, trust me it is a romantic so, like, comedy eventually they do break up and like Venom leaves Tom Hardy and smashes his bike up and then like well, all this is happening like just before they've kind of broken up like uh, he's a journalist and they went to uh, see Woody Harrelson uh, in prison what's and he, his name? Cletus, Cletus Cassidy. Cletus Cassidy. Right. Mm. Like, uh, he bites Tom Hardy and gets some of the symbiote inside him. And then, like, uh, well, he's about to be, like, executed, uh, the symbiote kind of grows in him and he becomes carnage. And it just kind of happens. He doesn't really question it. It just goes with a uh, Carnage, for some reason, be- can become a whirlwind. Was like, uh, yeah. Uh, Car- carnage has got weird. Um, does Cletus... Uh, Cassidy know Tom Hardy? Does he what? Why yeah, does he do the, the way it happens is he, he knows he's a journalist, so he gets him in and he's on death row. He's like, right, I I want to tell my story to you. Right. Um, is he, he a, can- a cannibal? No, no. He's, he's a serial killer. Oh, right, okay. But like, it also shows you that he's got a habit of just putting things in his mouth as well beforehand. Yeah. Uh, like he like fucking squashes and eats a spider yeah. and shit like that for like, so, no fucking reason. Okay. So he. Um, he Tom Hardy goes to visit him, kind of doesn't really give him anything. He wants him to put a message in a newspaper. Turns out Venom's got a photographic memory. Yeah, so he looks inside his cell and he's all these drawings on the wall and that leads him to finding missing bodies. Um, Which seals Cletus's uh, death sentence. Yeah, so he gets him back in because he thinks that Tom Hardy should go and watch him die and Hardy gets too close so he bites him. Then he realizes, right. Right. and then he on. becomes carnage. And then it what? turns out he's got like a crazy girlfriend who like can scream a lot, but like the symbiotes kind of handle screaming. So yeah. Yeah. it just the whole thing's just trash from start so to finish. What what's the kind of then conflict between Carnage and Venom? For some reason, Carnage wants to kill Venom because he's his dad. Does not explain it whatsoever. Right. There is no reason for it. He just he just wants it to happen. I'm gonna take it. Is Cletus just like yeah, I'm gonna. Fucking continue being a serial killer with yeah, this. You know I mean? Well, I mean, like he no, he just wants to break his uh, girlfriend out of prison or right. the insane asylum. But then, like, then it ends up, then it ends up in a big CGI mess. Tom Hardy and Venom are bros again. Yes. Is Carnage dead? Yes. Okay. In the most unspectacular manner possible. All right. Does he like throw a dagger at him? No. No. <laughs> okay. Is that a big CGI mess? I don't oh. think the CGI is as bad as okay. the first film. Okay. I think it is a wee bit more polished. And Andy Serkis' direction is a wee bit better in the action scenes. Like, okay. 
like you know how in a lot of CGI mess films it's quite hard to follow what's oh, because there's so much going on. I found this was actually really easy to follow. But I mean, I think that's because it's getting stripped back, though, right? It's like one black mess, yeah, like fighting against one kind of crimson mess, yeah. So it's not really like in a you know, like that other Venom movie, like had like five different symbiotes that were all like a kind of slightly different color. And I take it like obviously it's left open for another one. Yeah, yeah. well, the, well, the, no, the, no, absolutely. The post credit the scene is like sequence does, yeah. Oh, uh, all right, okay, okay. The oh. multiverse is so hot right now. Yeah. I, I won't yeah. ask what the yeah. I'll ask off like off the show, like what's the end credit scene? I don't want ruin it for right. folk. I mean, if they do decide to what, watch. watching that movie is ruining it, so mm-hmm. whatever. So that was that piece of trash. <laughs> tell me about the French dispatch. Oh, okay. Um, in my opinion, and me, me and Daddy went and seen it, and we kind of agree on it in this one. In my opinion, I think it's his weakest film, uh, Wes, Wes Anderson's, Anderson. because he is now. You could already see it with things like the Grand Budapest Hotel, where a lot of it is more focused on the style and the set design and that, as opposed to plot. In saying that, I love the Grand Budapest Hotel. I think the problem with the French Dispatch, it's a tri- it's like a it's an anthology movie. There's th- there's three stories. Um, it looks nice and it looks like a Wes Anderson film. Is it a musical? No. It's just, I don't know why that's right. No, I do remember. It's just. Um... I remembered when it was being announced, mm-hmm. or it was in the trades before it ever came out. Mm-hmm. There was talk about him doing a musical. Um, no, it's not. Right. A, it, it's just basically it's as if it's three stories from the French Dispatch, which is a newspaper that is the French Dispatch of somewhere in Kansas. But I believe it's a allegory of the New Yorker. Okay, it's kind of like it's it's a weird setup where it's basically like it's it's. It's it's in Fra- it's in a wee town in France, yeah. but it does get published in to America yeah. and that. It's it's in, in many ways I said this to Danny's like it's just Wes Anderson wanting to shoot something in France. That's what it is, because he obviously loves uh Oh is he going uh, down the Adam Sandler route? Uh, no, it's more a just a holiday for him and his pals. No, but the thing is like we've always said Wes Anderson comes off as a bit artsy wanksy, you know what I mean? And it just seems to be that uh, like in France is a very art artistic and really kinda cultured place and who wouldn't want to kinda do that there and he goes full Wes Anderson whilst shooting there but there's three stories <clears throat> one uh, the first one uh, focuses on an artist the second one focuses has got Timothy Chalamet and Francis McDormand and it's kind of like a student rebellious uh, story I don't want to go into details and the third one is uh, Jeffrey Wright's story I thought Jeffrey Wright's story was the best one then the first one and I thought Chalamet's one wasn't great it just seemed like a bunch of stuff's happening and I don't really care. Um, and there's a wee bit with Owen Wilson as well because it kind of, he, he's like, um, he's like a journalist but he's on his bike like, you know, his very whimsical bike and he's, he's dressed all whimsical and he goes about the town and does that Wes Anderson thing of storytelling and whatnot. But um, the best bit, there's a bit where it's animated and it involves Ed Norton, a car chase and a wrestler and that's all I'm going to say and it was fucking, it was mm-hmm. the best part of the film. It's fine, um, but he, I think Wes Anderson for me needs to kind of, he needs to kind of peel it back a wee bit. He needs to go more to like, like Rushmore, where it's very much a Wes Anderson film, so but it focuses just on scrap everything, go straight back to the start. I think, I think, I think he needs to go back to this, like, like that respect of 
tell the story and tell it your way, but focus and make us kind of care about the characters. Yeah, flesh the flesh it out. That that's been my issue with him for a wee while now is that he's not been very good with character development. And yeah, it's more this narrative. needs to look very symmetrical with pastel colors, yeah. and we're going to move the camera like this. So that's why I'm like, no, I think he needs to take a step back. He is very much this is. I want to say Grand Budapest Hotel is still excellent. And that is, again, a very stylish and brilliant looking movie. And you care about Ray Fiennes. He's funny. He's memorable and all that. The problem, I think, with the French Dispatch is that a lot of it is, yeah, you remember what happens, but none of it's very, let's say, memorable. Um, but it's it's fine. I was a little bit disappointed. And as I said, me and Danny basically were saying, discussing afterwards how, yeah, he just he needs to kind of, Stop worrying about everything looking pretty and symmetrical, all and that being the focus, and try and focus on fleshing out characters a wee bit more. Like Timothy Chalamet's character is like, uh, he's like Wes Anderson's wet dream. You know, what I mean, just I imagine Wes Anderson looked exactly like him, and he would have loved to have done that in that story and all that. There's just loads about it where I'm just like, yeah, but I don't care about this, and there's too much going on. You know, stop and take a breather and just flesh folk out. Bill Murray's in it, but he's he's barely in it, and uh, there there is a reason for that. Um, but I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm being a bit harsh because the first story is actually quite good with Benicio del Toro and Lea Cedo. But again, I I kind of came out of it just feeling a wee bit disappointed and thinking, <laughs> right, I think he needs to kind of get back to basics here. Whereas the Grand Budapest Hotel is like it's peak Anderson, and I loved it. This it's Anderson peak, but he's forgetting. He's starting to forget things. Focus too much on different things as opposed to script and story. <clears throat> what else did we watch? I watched Antlers. Is that any good? It's alright. Um, Moving on. Nah, <laughs> uh, Antlers um, is a horror film uh, produced by Guillermo del Toro uh, and David S. Goyer. Oh, there <laughs> um, it is. I wish I could remember the name of the director, but I don't. Very sorry. It's got Kerry Russell in it and Jesse Plemons mm-hmm. as a miscast uh, town sheriff. Oh dear. Uh, it's about a young boy who, well, yeah, it's about a young boy who looks after his family, his family being his um, meth-dealing meth uh, father, who has been given a Wendigo curse. Right. Do you know what a Wendigo is? Well, I mean, I would have always pronounced it Wendigo. Or a Wendigo. Um, I'm not sure what the curse is. Like, I'm familiar, like, that thing's in Until Dawn. That, that is exactly and, what uh, it is. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Tell me. Um, <laughs> the Wendigo is a Native American uh, and Canadian uh, indigenous people kind of myth. Okay. Um, it's about it's essentially it's about cannibalism, right. uh, about um, how a man has um, had to go into cannibalism, and it transformed them into. Um, it's like a hard-skinned monster. Uh, yeah, it's like it's like it looks kind of like a bit like, and this it's, it looks a bit like a deer type type monster. Hence the title. Hence the title antlers, mm-hmm. um, and it's about how no matter how much flesh they consume. They're never satisfied. That's what the curse is. But you can pass that curse on. So oh man, it's like it's about capitalism. Do you know? I never even thought about that <laughs> until you just said it. Oh. Uh, the new teacher in town 
she has moved back in with Jesse Plemons, who's her brother, uh, into the house where they lived with their father, who used to abuse them, has died. Um, and the kid who's got the Wendigo father is in her class. So seeing seeing this child who she feel who she can see is a child of another form of abuse, she kind of gloms on him, uh, starts to look after him, and then things go crazy as oh, Wendigo cool. shit happens. Is it like actually quite successful as a horror film? Um, is it a horror? Yeah, it's, it's, it is a horror because okay. there's some, some really good gory moments on it. Um, just to say, it's directed by Scott Cooper. Scott, what did he do before it? He It's a mixed bag. He did Crazy Heart, which was fine. He won the Jeff Bridges yeah. Oscar. Out of the Furnace, which I haven't seen, Hostiles is excellent. Yeah. That is a fucking Hostiles great film. Really um, and Black Mass. Black uh, Mass. Is which is fine. Yeah, that's all right. But if you haven't seen Hostiles, man, that's a, like... Uh, Christian Bale effort that went kind of went under the yeah. radar and it was absolutely. That's the it's a western one. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was, was really was good. Fantastic. That was really good. Uh, he also as an actor, he did additional voices in Mass Effect. Oh, yeah. What's his name? Scott Cooper. No. Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Additional voices. Just additional voices. Uh, well, so like he's probably some, some roaster and uh, the... some shop clerk in the, yeah. the Citadel. Uh, I don't know. I will. I will look at it. Uh, so. What was your thoughts? You, 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 like you know, watching the trailer. I've the, seen the trailer for that. I'm like, right. I know what I'm expecting here. Yeah, the the trailer kind of gives you what you're expecting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just again, it's only about ninety minutes. I think it was maybe ninety seven minutes or something. Does like the deer Wendigo monster thing look kind of stupid? In, no, no. no. Um, so you get it. It kind of plods along for a good wee bit, where not that much happens. It's more about her kind of. Forming the thro- forming the relationship with the boy and things like that, and then the boy having to feed his parents, and then it's about maybe halfway through it, you get the transformation scene of the father going from his human form is properly kind of done, and the Wendigo spirit bursts out of his body, antlers through the mouth type thing. Right. Uh, so that's really well done. The you see the aftermath of that. Um, which is a, a really good bit of, uh, what do you call it, practical effect kind of gore. Uh, is, it CG, is, is it a lot of CGI or is it sticking mainly no, with practical no, effects? It's, kind of, it's a balanced mix, I would say. I like that. Um, that sounds good. The cops are really, really dumb. Uh, so there's a lot, a lot of kind of stupid deaths because of that. Um, and then it takes a quite a dark turn. Well, it's a horror film, but it takes... Like you get you get the full the full creature, uh you get the kind of final final battle and then some kids that need killed. <laughs> okay. So uh, take the, the the last ten minutes is probably some of the best horror you've seen that's been on for a while. Like of, ca- of the of that kind of horror. I'll need to catch it, but it sounds as if it's the kind yeah. of thing that won't be staying. It, it reminds me a lot of Mama. All right. Well, well, right. I, I like Mama. And, right. and it's kind of... Also produced by Del Toro. It's also kind of the inverse of Mama, where I liked Mama up until the final act, mm. whereas the Vantlers, it's like, 
it's fine. Like it, it does mm-hmm. it does the job, but it's the final act of it which actually delivers. Okay. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Cool. Um, I watched last night in Soho. Um, kind of a lot of hope for this because I don't have any hope in Edgar Wright. Um, these days since Hot Fuzz. Um, yeah. It it was it had good ideas in it, but ultimately it it kind of falls apart for me. It, I've, it, I've heard that from a few people. Yeah, it's like it is very much an Edgar Wright film. Um, What's the plot? It's basically uh, this student. Um, I'm going to look her name up. She's the, it's la- the girl that's in Jojo Rabbit. That's right. Oh, yeah. uh, Thompson McKenzie, I think her name is. Um, she's basically the student. She comes. I think it's Bristol. She's got the. She's got such a strange accent, and it. At times, I'm like, I don't know if you're pulling this off properly or this is bad. It's it's a it's, it's a tough mix. So she moves to the city, and she wants to be a fashion designer, and then she moves in with like, uh, into like student halls, but she doesn't really like it. So then she rents this house, and it happens to be when when she rents when she stays in this house. She's starting to dream that she's back in the 60s and uh, anytime she looks in the reflection, it's not her, it's Anya Taylor-Joy who was in Queen's Gambit. And okay. seems to be the kind of rising star just now. Uh, she's everywhere at the moment. Yeah. And from that, um, Thomas McKenzie kind of, uh, she kind of starts uh, dyeing her hair blonde just like Anya Taylor-Joy. She starts getting inspired by that for her fashion um, studies and all that, uh, like all the like stuff that she sees in her dreams and all that. And then it's like it takes a wee bit of a, a dark turn where something may have happened to Anya Taylor Joy, and then it becomes this kind of almost like murder mystery. It pays a lot. Pays a, a lot. Of, it pays us like homage to a lot of uh, British horror films. You can tell that in the style, and even Italian horror like Giallo. I, I would say that it was probably more Giallo. Than yeah, it is else. more Giallo, but there's definitely like British in it as well. Yeah, yeah like again, as I said, it is kind of a, like a. It's almost like a it's a who done it in many ways, but it it, yeah. it twists it twists about the place where I hear it makes a lot of weird choices in what the first yes, act it does the third act it, it's kind of where it falls apart. That's where I kind of lost my interest, and I'm like, man, yeah. There's a there's a lot of questionable decisions in the third act, and that's all I'll say. But there's some good ideas in there. It's it's a very much an Edgar Wright film. His direction, he's got his fingernails, his finger uh, prints all over it. Which isn't a bad thing. He's got his fingernails all over it. I know, his fingerprints all over it, sorry, yeah. So, it, it's not a bad thing, but it, it's kind of, it, there's a nice balance, but then it just goes, the third act, it kind of falls apart, and that's the problem, is it's at that point he kind of needs reeled in, or the script needed to be looked at again. It just, for me, a, a lot of the good ideas that don't work, or they don't they don't belong to each, against each mm-hmm. other. But yeah, so I mean, check out if you want. Um, I, yeah, it's, it's I'm kind still of a, going to go and watch it. Yeah, like um, again, that's I don't know. I, I kind of had high hopes because I liked the trailer. It seemed like it was a bit of a departure from him. It wasn't like a comedy. There's it did stuff like it, and not like with Baby Driver, which really annoyed me. It felt like he'd made a track list and just made a film around that track list. Well, that is what he did. And with this, it is that what he did? Yeah, like a lot of those scenes are timed to the yeah. actual songs. But and, and again, but I just didn't think Baby Driver was that good anyway. Yeah, um, and, I, and I think and there's some of that in this as well. <clears throat> is that not on the the Kevin Spacey no go list now? Uh, or did he have always scenes replaced by Christopher, Christopher Plummer? Plummer? No, <laughs> no. That, that was a weird thing. I turned on Netflix the other day, 
and the thumbnail for a time to kill was Big Kevin Spacey. Yeah, that's strange. And it's like there's at least four other actors I would have chosen before putting him on there. They they they, they did that with seven for a while. Yeah. I wonder if they just picked random <laughs> screenshots. It might do. Sometimes. The problem is though, if nobody sees seven, it's a fucking massive spoiler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, like why else would Kevin Spacey be on the front of that? Because he's yeah. not—he's not on the DVD cover. He was—he is not mentioned because yeah. that was the point. But Man, I've not seen Seven in so long. Yeah. I keep intending to watch that and then just not doing it. It's Same as like I need to find that Band of Brothers box set. Like I want to watch that again. Why are you on? Um, Probably about time actually buy it like four K or something. Uh, um, just getting the Eagle Fire Stick. Yeah, I think yeah, is the way yeah. to go. Mm. Um. And in between then, uh, we watched like Face Off, which is still fucking awesome. And I saw that come on to Disney Plus and it excited me. It's still shit hot. <laughs> in, in the best way. Have you watched any of the new series of What We Do in the Shadows? Uh, no, I noticed that that is also on Disney Plus. I need to watch that. No, it's the first two that's on Disney Plus. You need oh. to watch the new one on iPlayer. Alright, um, I will watch that. The first, um, I've watched the first two episodes. It's good. It's it, yeah. It's maintained the level of quality. Yeah, I need to watch that. The new series of Big Mouth, so I still haven't watched I've, Squid. I've watched most of that. It's, it's a good eye. Yeah, it's all right. And I need to watch I, Squid I Games. Feel, I feel that... Well, I didn't feel that... Uh, I'll start again. La, the last season of Big Mouth, I wasn't as into as the first couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I know. And I feel the same way about this season. Okay. It's not bad. It's not rubbish in any way. It's still good. I just don't. I feel that it's kind of dipping in quality. It's kind of plateaued. All right. Okay. Okay. Uh, but yeah, that was yeah. it. Also, um, I started watching Succession. Uh, apparently, that's great. I didn't realize that it's a sitcom. All right. It's it's because uh, it's about a family and it's, they're kind of fighting over who's yeah, going to control so, the empire or something yeah, like that. Right. Yeah. Um, Business empire, not. But, the Empire. Yeah, but that, any time I watched the trailer for that, I just went, oh, that looks like a serious drama. And when my mum had watched it and told me about it, she, she'd watched it thinking it was a serious drama. All right. So she'd given up after about four episodes because it's a fucking comedy. All right. It's like, uh, there's a lot of very awkward partridgeness. Okay. And uh, kind of in the loop type stuff. No, I'll, I'll watch that. That's right up my street. Yeah. Um, I think if your mum's watching that, I think apparently Billions is really good. Yeah, I've heard that's supposed to be good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who fuck? Who's in it? It's, uh, it's Paul Giamatti. Giamatti and uh, fucking hell, man! I've not heard his name in a while. Giamatti and Winters from uh, Bloody Brothers. Yeah, Winters. Yeah. Damien Lewis. Lewis. Yeah. Apparently it's good. Uh, everyone, yeah, everyone has said it's pretty good. good. Yeah. Succession is great as well. Apparently Who's... Brian Cox is really good at it. Ah, yes, Brian Cox is brilliant. Was the last thing Paul Giamatti was in apart from this The Amazing Spider-Man 2? Is that what buried him? No, no he, 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 he would have done insane. a bunch of shit. He's one of those guys where it's like, oh man, there's Giamatti. Like, just uh, randomly. I haven't seen or heard his name since that movie. Hmm. Since, Until like, in the French then. Dispatch, like it has everyone in it that usually works for Wes Anderson, but there's a couple of Surprises like Fonzie's in it, and I'm like, hmm. ah. um, but he play? Uh, he, he's in the well, he's I don't want I won't say okay, I won't say. okay. um, but yeah, um, well, uh, I've started to re watch Curb, um, just because my mate Alan has been talking I mean, I've been about it, about watching that again, yeah, uh, he's been he's 
telling me about it. Danny has also been telling me that he's like onto the latest season, and it's still good. So I was like, you know what? I'll watch that. And uh, I was I watched the latest season. Of, well, the latest season of going to Disney Plus, The Modern Family. It's fine. It's light fluff, which is what I'm happy with now because I'm not. That's why I not started Squid Games. I'm just mm-hmm. like that. Uh, the like the subtitles in Squid Game is like the only real barrier to entry. Though like the rest of that's quite easy to watch. Yeah, I still think you should watch Dark. Yeah, like I, it is, it is one of those things that. I kind of do think about, but then like I just don't for some reason. Yeah. After you watch it, you'll fucking think about it all the time. I still think about it. <laughs> um, I, I just I just keep thinking about the end of season two. Oh, of I, Dark? Of Dark. How many seasons are there? There's, there's, only, there's only three, and they're only like 12 episodes each. Are they all on Netflix? They're all yeah. on Netflix. It's a Netflix-produced show. Yeah. It's the end of a season two, it's hilarious. Hmm. Season two, season, but season three is fucking mental. See, just, season three just goes so it's, wildly it's off crazy. the rails, but then in it, a really enjoyable but way. Yeah, then it wraps up really well. Is that it? Is it done or is it's it's done. Done. It's done. It's done. Right. So it's not like they're kind of currently making like a season four or have plans no. for it or no. a spin-off no, it, it, it or some done. shit. Yeah, I think I said that again. It is wild, but it's probably it's so it, because of what happens in it. It's so intricate where you're like, they need to get this right and wrap it up or this is going to be terrible just because of the main theme of time travel. Yeah. And they do it very well. Do they do it as well as Lost did? If I didn't watch Lost. I know the end of Lost and it's fucking a thousand times better than Lost. Was all angels in the end of Lost? Purgatory. Aye. Oh, this is Lame. absolutely delicious. I can hear Alan Kerr screaming <laughs> through the internet. <laughs> he won't listen to this. It was an alternate timeline, apparently. Like, uh, Alan lectured me on this not too long ago. It wasn't Purgatory or uh, Angels. But or they were dead, stuff. right? No. Oh, fuck off. I heard it was Purgatory. Purgatory watching it. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Like, Lost, I mean, it, it set up like a lot of stuff and didn't really pay it off too well. Well, like Matthew Fox's career. Ooh. <laughs> See, we went full method I don't know what you mean, film. man. Like, uh, he, he made the vantage point after that. I actually quite like Vantage Point. Uh, right. You know the films Along Came a Spider? Morgan Freeman? Yeah. Who's, yeah. who's is it? It's it's Ashley Judd. Aye, and it's Thingy Cross. He is, he's detective. What that book yeah, says. it's some cross because it's a book series. Yeah, because they then tried to reboot it with a... Oh, fuck, what's his name? I can't, he's in, Brilliant radio is this. I know. Uh, oh fuck, he's in Gone Girl. He plays uh, Thingy's lawyer, uh, Ben Affleck's. Oh, um, I can only think of his character name, Medea. Uh, Tyler Perry. That's it. Tyler Perry, I'm sure, is Detective Cross. But Matthew Fox went like full method in that way. And he looked like fucking, he lost a lot of weight, shaved his hair. and He kind of looked like Baraka from Mortal Kombat. And the problem is, nobody saw that film because it was shit. Along came a spider. <laughs> Not along came Spider of this thingy cross. It was it's part, the, part of the it's right, the title the, the of this reboot. reboot. Thing. I, the, only right, thing, right. the only thing I remember it one was I guess along uh, kiss the girls along came yeah, the Spider right, is the Morgan right. Freeman oh, memory. Yeah. Can you can happen. you do a Morgan Freeman accent impression? Couldn't couldn't try. I can't. <sighs> you can't you can't because this goes out out to the public. And you don't fear cancel and you fear cancellation or you just can't. I can't do Morgan Freeman. Okay. I can't. It's too hard. It'd be funny to I hear can't. you try it though. <laughs> but um, 
trust. Think, yes, are you, are you watching anything else or are we going to go straight into the Eternals? Um, yeah, let's just talk about Eternals because I can't think of it. Are we spoiling Eternals? Yeah, because it's crap. Yeah, I like Eternals. I is like, yeah. Eternals. That is, that is the rule. If a film that, is rubbish, it kind of is. But normally, normally, if it's like this recent though, like at least it's like the last thing, so if folk the, don't want to have it spoiled, they can turn it off. Are we well, going to are we going to timestamp this because like? Well, are we going are we going to spoil June? No, because it's amazing. Right, okay. Well, do I talk about June first then? But that means it Even feel like Eternals is like the the film of the week. Well, no, because June is the best film. June's the film of the month. month. Yeah. I talk about June first I then. Talk about June first, right, Paco? So, based on the Frank Herbert novel that uh, I have absolutely adored for fucking decades at this point, like it's basically about like two different ruling families who are manipulated into kind of fighting each other in an effort to like a uh, destabilize their houses, I guess. So, like the whole film is essentially just like a, a big fight between two rival houses. Think, uh, think Game of Thrones, but in space. <laughs> I feel like that does it a disservice because Game yeah, of Thrones ended so shit. bad and this came before it. Yeah, but for folk that I like, I remember like I didn't. I was trying to sell like ordinary folk, not super geeks like us, on this is why you need to because I want this film to do well because I want all the fucking books. I want all those films. You're not. You're not. Getting no, them I'm getting then. three films. Well, four if, if part if you don't. I, I you think count part if, one and two as separate movies. But they've said we're going to get two. I think. If two does all right, we might get. Messiah. See, he he's already he's already kind of said that he's already thing. said that like he's kind of like keen on doing June Messiah, right. but he doesn't want to do like a whole franchise thing. So like Messiah would be like the last one he does. Yeah. But like if this makes enough money, it'll get handed off to somebody else who won't have the same level of care for it. No, which true. means like by the time it gets to God Emperor June, it'll be like some absolute bullshit. It'll be heartbreaking. Um, but yeah. this film, as it stands, yeah. though, is God Emperor June, directed by David S. Goyer, McGee. Oh, <laughs> like this, as it stands, though, like this is like a really good adaptation of the novel. It's like had so much like money pumped into it. It's just as beautiful as a Blade Runner twenty forty nine was and Arrival. Like it's that kind of same level of like. It's a very it, like, sci-fi yeah, movie. Yeah, that's all you need to know. But like all, all those movies have got like such a consistent kind of art style to them. Yeah, like a you could tell that this is from the same guy who made Blade Runner and Arrival, even though those three films aren't really that similar at all. No, but like this this one is just like really grandiose. Like it, it manages to like really feel like there's. A lot more than just what you're kind of seeing on the screen going on. Yeah, you get, like a, a, you get yeah. a great sense of scale. Yeah, yeah. Very much like Manchester. Everything's to, massive. To, to like imply that like this is just the tip of the iceberg for everything that's going on and like where it will go from here is like, you know, uh-huh. something that we've never really seen done right. I guess like like the closest thing to it is probably the original Star Wars trilogy, which is like a, an infinitely campier tone. Mm-hmm. Uh, than this it's like it's it's like just really serious kind of sci-fi just like fucking through and through like unapologetic uh, doesn't hold your hand really I mean like there's there's not really like many it's quite Shakespearean as well yeah let's see. Like, it's, it's interesting you say it doesn't hold your hand um, I've kind of went back to I've got it on audiobook so I went back to it after watching it a second time just kind of get a rough idea of, of what kind of stuff had been left out 
and the stuff that it is that it kind of cuts away from it uh, make the film better. It makes the film more watchable. It makes it kind of well, it's a yeah. It makes well, it, it makes it, film, it makes it run better it as it a run, movie. It flow a lot like, better as a, all, a all movie. the stuff, all the stuff they missed out. Like at no point was that like, oh man, they didn't have that. Yeah. This sucks. Like all the stuff that they missed out is stuff that like is interesting. And would have fit well if this was like a ten fucking episode. Yeah, if you were doing HBO a show of it. Yeah, because uh, it's, it's like stuff like a. Which is what I wanted. The, I wanted that to be the case. Uh, I wanted yeah. that to be as like if you, if you do that, then we get God Emperor June. Yeah, and yeah. All that, uh, you know what I mean? Um, it's not going to be the case, though, man. But like, yeah, like the the stuff it kind of misses out is like things where there's quite a big a uh, traitor within a House of Trades plotline, yeah. which just they don't mention in this like the payoff for it's still there yeah and like that feels a wee bit kind of anticlimactic because you don't have the build-up to it unless mm. you've kind of read the novels and know why it's a big deal yeah you also um, don't see the emperor he's just spoke of well i mean that's the same in in the first <laughs> in in that first novel you wouldn't have seen the emperor yeah. anyway all right um but there would have been stuff about the, the the daughter uh, princess Irulan. like she would have had like voiceover parts I guess like yeah. similar to the David Lynch movie because like all the chapters are introduced with her uh, giving like basically passages of the bible according to Paul Mugdeep kind of thing right um, but the emperor's not in June until like yeah. the end of the first book right. so that story wouldn't have been in this anyway Um, it's just handled remarkably well there's like it's the first time I've like let myself get hyped up for a film beforehand because of like how much I liked Blade Runner twenty forty nine, how much I liked Arrival, uh, every other time where there's like something I love that's been adapted, I'm normally like amazingly skeptical about coming out and being good. But like I let myself kind of hope for this time, and it paid off because like it was this movie was like exactly what I wanted it to be. Yeah, but like there was there was there wasn't even one misstep in the entire thing. It wasn't no. like one moment where it was like that wasn't done as well as it could have been done, no. or that looked shitter than it needed to be, or again like that's anything. What, yeah, Villeneuve has proved himself in terms of how how to handle sci-fi and just how like, he's not made a bad movie and in terms of like when you're directing especially a 30 year old sequel that nobody wanted and you do it so well to the point where it's better than the original oh, right. and just fits so nicely into that franchise and that he understands the franchise and what it should look like with june it's clearly a passion project because yeah, yeah. he's obviously like dreamed of doing this because he because of the scale of it because of the story, um, and the thing that the thing that kind of worried me about it, it was the only thing that worried me about it, was I felt like this is going. I hope they've done this, and I hope they I hope they've done this in a way where all these kind of like people that you're going to meet and certain terms and certain things that it's going to be explained to like your average Joe. Because part of my problem, and I was well, trying to read June. I found it hard to keep up with see, all these terms. See, that, that was the thing going the back, kind of going back from the audio, audiobook was I, I noticed how much of those kind of things he'd never bothered to explain. Mm. Yeah, because they don't need to. Because it doesn't need to explain. Right, like the, the dart that like chases Paul in his room. Yeah. Like a, like the, the, there's like terms for that and stuff. Like they don't bother. Like it doesn't go out and tell you about like how the space folds space and things like that. Right. Though there's a really fucking good shot though. I like the... The Travelers Guild's a uh, giant spaceship, where like it's just like this kind of big hollow tube. Yeah. Uh, I, it's like, I don't think like it works well. Like, the way I always kind of pictured a uh, space travel working in the the books was more that like 
they use the space to be able to navigate because they can see the future and know which route like doesn't mm. lead to any problems. But in this, it seems and to be very much full yeah, space. actually full space and time. Yeah, there's like a, a great shot where you see the inside of the spaceship and it's like the other side of the universe kind yeah. of thing. It's like I actually I only caught that the second uh, time around. It's cool and as it fuck. It kind of blew my mind. Looks excellent. Yeah. Uh, even like the the design though, everything's just like so kind of like I don't know. It just doesn't look like it's been built. Like not like apart from mm. like the the technology on the actual planet of Arrakis looks like you know functional stuff. Yeah. But those a. Uh, those like kind of spacing guild stuff, like it looks more like something that's been carved out of stone or something. Yeah. Or just yeah. really cool. Yeah, like um, that's all, all, like there's so many little bits as well. That's great because, or what we're going to expect or, or or can expect in the next movie and possibly the next one after that. Things like when Paul can see what's happened when you know if the prophecy of what he's supposed to be is true and he doesn't want that kind of thing, that's all oh. cool. I'm like, man, that's that's cool because like, that's something, when, from what, again, I haven't read the books, but you told me pretty much how it goes, Paco, and I'm like, man, Paul's story is so interesting, but I really want to see little the second story because I think oh. that'd be fucking fascinating. We're, we're totally not going to get it, man. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... Is Paul Atreides, in this version, the ultimate anime sad boy? Oh, completely, absolutely. Okay. Like, I also find it quite funny. I mean, like, what the book was written in like nineteen seventy seven or something. Like that? No, was it? Not was it even before that? that? It was sixties, was it not? Yeah. Uh, but I find it really funny that it's got like they don't shy away from this in the film either. They never like explicitly say it, but like Paul is like the perfect human because he is like essentially both a man and a woman. A uh, like he, he's like he he is a man who can think like a woman is essentially what makes him special. Yeah. Um, and why? And what is the reason for that? Because he's the fucking end result of decades of eugenics. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's about space Catholics. <laughs> Not even like a well. I mean, this is spoilers for like the fifth book, but it finds out that a this all came from the the Jewish kind of stuff. It turns out they're, they're all descendants of Jews from Earth. Yeah. Right. So, well, but you don't well. find you don't find that out until like the fifth book. So right, and it actually like plays into the plot pretty well in terms of. Um, because I, I know that you were a wee bit worried about certain aspects of the casting, but how do you think the casting went down? Because I, I didn't have a problem with anybody. Jason, like, I think, I still think Jason Momoa is a bad choice for Duncan Idaho going forward, like, for what Duncan's supposed yeah, to become. Yeah, okay. Right. For this movie, I thought he worked really well. It's probably the best performance Jason Momoa's had in I, any I, movie. I just find it weird when he shaved his beard. He yeah, looked, almost, he looked, he looked odd. It was almost like, for no reason. It's like he had it in one scene and then just didn't have it. It's like, it's weird and no, actually, I'm not going to say it. I'm going to say it. Right, um, okay. But yeah, like um, I thought everyone was. I thought Oscar Isaac was great. They were uh, all great. I, I, I fucking Stellan Skarsgård was excellent as Baron yeah. Harkonnen. Even uh, Batista as well. <laughs> like uh, you don't really get to see much uh, like his kind of menacing character. Like it's more just confusion. Yeah, he's like, just, he, he just confused. But like in, in a way that's understandable though. Yeah, like yeah. when he's looking at that like tar pit that a uh, that uh, the barns in and stuff like that, he's like, "What the fuck is this?" Kind of thing. That that was another thing which never actually struck me until I went back to the book. Is that I just assumed he was the Sting character, Fade Rufa, but he's not. He's not Fade Rufa. He's uh, the Beast of a Barn. I thought Fade. I thought Sting was Ravan. No, he's Fade Rifer. Right? Is Fade even in this? No, he's not. Right. 
I thought like the the so we're way going to get him next. He must, he must be in the second one, yeah. I, I, I thought the the way they were going, like now there's like a there's a mentor that works for the Harkonnens. Uh, Peter de Vries. Like I thought he was supposed to be fade in the movie. Right. The, that, that was the impression I was getting. But then like, and then they come along. Oh, spoilers! Oh, sorry, spoilers. spoilers! Paco was so engrossed that he he didn't even notice that Javier Bardem was still gar. <laughs> I mean, I mean that that boy that guy is a chameleon though. Like. <laughs> so far as well as the soundtrack the soundtrack is amazing which I, like, I am so here for Hans Zimmer just saying fuck you the melody it is the most oppressive soundtrack yeah. I think I've ever fucking heard but like but it is I, perfect I, for I that movie my second viewing of that was my stone viewing of it and I just sat there <laughs> like that see I, I like Hans Zimmer's soundtrack but my god he goes to the well on that <laughs> like the, he really does yeah. go to the well with that one piece of like I mean, that was like a, a big complaint with the a Wonder Woman 1982 or whatever the fuck it was, wasn't it? It was like they kind of use that all the time. Did not watch that. Don't want to watch that. <laughs> but yeah, start to finish, man. That like the you know like I think like the only criticism I've got, the only bit I didn't really like, but I didn't mind it that much. Again, was that Jason Momoa joke about the muscles that's in the trailer? It's, it's just that's like a it's line. Line. Uh, so lighthearted, man. They're pals. It's a very anime joke. That whole uh, film is really anime when you see if you I watch, guess see maybe you, I mean maybe that's why I like it so much. See if you see if you watch it with that mindset. Uh, my second viewing, I kind of got into that mindset of how he was an anime sad boy, and you started to see a lot, a lot of anime tropes in other characters. Like um, his mom was obviously the spooky bitch. Okay. Uh, Jason Momoa, Jason Momoa was a tough guy. Here a fucking. Credit due where they... What, my cow, that wasn't even a sentence. Credit, credit, credit where it's due. Yeah, yeah. That whole thing with the voice in June mm-hmm. would have been so easy to be fucking yeah. lame or fucked up. Yeah, they they managed well. to do that really yeah. well. What, you mean the Jedi Mind trick? <laughs> that's, that's the thing as well. I watched like a, a video on this afterwards about how like how much Star Wars takes from it. And I'd never even really thought about it before, but like so much of Star Wars is actually just a direct rip-off of June. <laughs> Also, I just realised I got my shirt on inside out. <laughs> How do you feel knowing what the overall analogy for June is? What's the overall analogy? Well, when I was talking about, uh, I'm going to come over here and do your stuff, but I'm going to be better than you because I'm white. Like the trope is just called the white saviour uh, right. trope. Right. And he's right. That's exactly what it is. Um, <laughs> that, that I'm not going to lie. It is a wee bit of a kind of point of contention for me now that I've kind of noticed that it's the case. But like the film is still really good. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the, the white saviour stuff is a bit... It was written in an era where it's like, yeah, you've seen that in a lot of fiction. Right. Also really weird in 2021 to have people cutting about just throwing out the term desert power <laughs> like constantly. <laughs> like seems a wee bit insensitive. Oh. Uh, still good though. The movie's still good. Did you like the casting of Chani? Aye, Zendaya. Mm. Zendaya? Zen- Zendaya, I think it is. Is that right, Neil? I believe it is Zendaya. There you go. I mean, she's barely in it. Um, well, you say that. She, she's in it quite a lot. Just she's in, 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 she's in, in dreams. She's in it for exactly 17 minutes. Here, look, wow. look longingly at the camera a bunch of times. Yeah. Um, I, I apparently, apparently, all the Zendaya stands are kicking off online about it because she's only in it for that amount of time. I mean, she'll be in the second one, yeah. like, a lot. Sake. Honestly, <laughs> man, it's like... It's like 
it's status like, in modern Italy. Yeah, it's yeah. look, it's it's a story that's a film, and she's in it for how long she needs to be in it. This is I thought this is she, she's like, she's lucky she's in a drama. I thought in modern vernacular, Stan was the name for like somebody who's not like a pathetic dweeb. Like a, like almost like a Chad, but not as no. A, 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 I thought is simp not the word you were looking no, for. No, a, a well, simp's you could I could have used simp's, but a Stan is a nicer term. A Stan comes from the Eminem song Stan. Right, like just a fuck. Right, a crazy, okay, right, a crazy okay. fan. Right. Hi, I was gonna say it's. I thought it was just it's a it's a term for fanboy or fan. Yeah, aye, right. Is that where it comes from? That's, no, it's about it's, it's from the song Stan. Look at him standing his ground. <laughs> so that was June. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah go see it. Fucking amazing. Go see it multiple times. Yeah, the only it's thing really, I'll, yeah. really good. Well, well, the, the, this is the, the one occasion as well where like that whole kind of zeitgeist thing, uh, like the hype train. Like I'm really glad for June being part of that because it means it will definitely get like at least yeah, the next like, movie. This is this even is if a... most folk who go see it are probably not going to even like it. Well, <laughs> was that? <laughs> there was that Daily Mash thing where it was a picture of Timothy Chalamet's his girlfriend tripped into watching film about sandworms. <laughs> um, but I mean, this is this is like not the kind of movie that like is made for general audiences, though, right? No, I like think it's not. It's not like I, your, well, your average Joe goes to the cinema to the watch wor- something like my, June. I think the worry for that. Sorry, no. I was going to say. I think the worry for that for me was that's going to be its downfall. It's not going to make money because. It's a very old book. It's a very kind of specific kind of sci-fi. So Denny Villeneuve's task is to make a is to make a faithful adaptation that that is going to visually look amazing and live up to everything. But it's also going to be the the your average audience can like it. The only thing the only thing I've heard about folk complain about it is they're saying it's too slow. Now, because it is cut, it is there's going to be a part two of the first book. It's kind of like it kind of needs to be slow. And the pacing, I, I did I did find that the only time I found it slow was towards the end and it was because it was late at night and I was tired and I just came from work and watched it. But I still loved it and I will watch it again maybe, you know, at 12 o'clock in the afternoon or 1 o'clock in the afternoon as opposed to half 7 at night. But I think for a film like this, that's part of the reason why I was hoping it was going to be like an HBO one because you can flesh it out. But in its, the duration it does, it gives you everything you need to know, what's going to happen, and it leaves you on a fairly good cliffhanger. Well, not yeah. cliffhanger, but a fairly good end point where you're like, okay, you've got that, and now we're going to move on to the phase, the next phase of Paul's life. I mean, like the second part should be a lot more action packed as well. Yeah, yeah. But I think I think that you're, it's done a really good job, and your average Joe can go watch this and enjoy a decent sci-fi movie. Well, I kind of generally base my average Joe. I will get the opinion of the average Joe from like my parents. Because they go to the cinema quite a lot. Did they like Free Guy in Ready Player One? No, my mother turned free and she bought it still on Disney Plus and turned it off after about 20 minutes. So well, she I'm is sure. not the average Joe then because people like Free Guy. Your I... average Joe like Ready Player One. I would, yeah, I would say your mum I'm not quite... trying to say that we're better than them, <laughs> but they don't understand art and they're no, wrong. No, no, no. My, my father is an average Joe. I was going to say, though, your mum and dad frequent the cinema. I think when. I don't know, I'm not saying like. Average Joe, as in, guy turns up at the cinema on a Saturday night with his girlfriend, right, what's on? That's uh, a different situation, I suppose. Okay, so their, their kind of moan about it was, like, they enjoyed it, but the moan was that it was a bit long. They didn't realise going into it, it was only a part one. Because right. it's not advertised really as that. Mm. But also my mother, uh, 
what drew her in for the trailers was the first time she saw the trailer, she thought it was a Star Wars yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. going back and looking at the way that, that is advertised, you can kind of see it. Like it, 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 sorry, there's there's not as much just pomp and fluff to it though. Like uh, yeah. when you watch, I know oh, it looks a very serious uh, Star Wars film. Yeah, but just I, as I said, I think it's done. Like, you know, a person turns up with their partner and is like, "What is on?" You can explain going on the basis of that trailer is like, yeah. Can you only, can you imagine people turning up for a date to go watch this? So yeah, like, I'd such be like, like, I would such say, a, like, yeah, don't watch this. This is not a date movie. It's like and, unless, well, unless, 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 unless your your favorite super into yeah, it. Unless your favorite date is going to the desert and taking drugs with your mom. I, I can remember a <laughs> going on a fucking terrible date night. Like it wasn't the date wasn't bad, but the choice of movie was man. Where a we, it, no, it was like our, our first. <laughs> Our first time going out, and we went to watch There Will Be Blood. <laughs> it's like the first twenty minutes. There's like no dialogue whatsoever. Like the whole movie's just so grim. That movie's like, awesome. Yeah, it's a great movie. Such like such a bad choice. We're like fucking. Oh, let's go watch this. I remember like that year, that and No Country for Old Men. I was like fucking. Was that the same year? Yeah. Yeah. Because at that point, I was deciding what's better, and I don't know. They're very different, but they're awesome in their own way. I remember you saying to me, Neil, like, there will be blood. It's an old-fashioned, sweeping American Yeah, it's a proper uh, old-fashioned epic. epic. And I was like, it's fucking excellent. Whereas No Country for Old Men, different different movie entirely, but still it has this really Americana kind of grimness to it. It's sheer nihilism. <laughs> oh, I, I, I rewatched No Country for Old Men not, not that long ago, and it is it's still fucking excellent. Yeah, it's a great movie. Speaking of nihilism... The Eternals. <laughs> <laughs> the latest of the Marvel franchise. I saw the trailer. It looked boring. Was it, boys? Oh, you know what? I'm not going to watch it. I've, I've, I've heard both of you pitch me. I would, I would not like, say, I don't need to the, see this. the Eternals is a lot of things. Boring is not one of them. Really? Yeah, no, it's, like, it's, it's not boring. It is, it's bland. It, yeah. But, but it's not boring. But it's like, it's entertaining in that kind of, I guess this stuff is happening kind of way. <laughs> But this very much to me feels like Marvel jumping the shark. Like uh, this, like all sense of, oh my god, like superhero movies but grounded in reality is out the fucking window. Right, hold like, on. Uh, right, this I've got a question right about the Eternals, and I know that they say in the trailer, well, yeah, we've always been here, but we can't just interfere and stuff. Do they explain why? Yeah, Th- oh, Thanos oh. was the, the universe was in trouble and they didn't interfere. I mean, they say it in the trailer, that's as much explanation as you get. They got told not to interfere unless it was a deviant. But the thing that makes this the thing that makes this the thing that makes this fucked up though, Tommy, is that in the comics Thanos is a deviant, and then we're spoiling this, right? Yeah, I'm just including the end credits bit. Oh yeah, because I'm, like I'm, at the very oh, end, wait, I, right. If you're going to go watch it, stop listening now. Spoilers yeah. ahead. Everything, here's including your, here's your warning, including the post-credit sequences. Everything's getting spoiled. If you made it this far, thanks for listening to the show. We'll try and get that lost episode up, uh, and maybe come back and fast after you watch Eternals. Come back and listen to the rest of it. Cheers, uh, but yeah, folks so in like New the, York and Amsterdam. The uh, <laughs> the post-credit sequence, Thanos's brother shows up, who is Harry Styles. Oh, what the fuck! Hey. Uh, and yeah, like, is he, he, is, he, is play, he is playing Eros. That's fucking and, uh, he, he is and just. Oswald is 
Pip the troll. And he like, but Harry Styles is just a white dude, and he's Thanos's brother, and Thanos is purple as fuck. Have you seen the comics version? Yeah, of? because it's the same. Yeah, it's that's what I'm saying. Because Thanos is a deviant. Yeah, he's which a, makes no, well, he's an eternal deviant hybrid. Which which makes that whole kind of point that they didn't fight Thanos redundant. Yeah. Because he is what they were made to fight. Well, yeah, but that's what I'm saying is. If, if he does the snap, he can snap them out of existence, right? Uh, well, I mean, there's a lot of... Oh, man, we don't... Tony, man, this is not a movie out. that is concerned with making sense. Yeah. Well, if you cast Harry Styles as in, in, in it, fuck off. That he, immediately puts me off that I'll shit. tell you what. No, no, he, that's a character going forward. Oh. Harry yeah, he's only in the post-credit he, thing. He's only in the post-credit. I will see this much, by the he way. He didn't do it. I mean, he, I mean, he, he, dude, he didn't do anything in Dunkirk, but I'm like, yeah, yeah. that's you're, you're where you should be in Dunkirk. Dude, this is a major I had, fucking role for I'd, I don't recognise him by sight. I didn't know who it was yeah. when I watched the sequence. I thought he was actually quite charismatic. Yeah. Like he, he plays a, a flamboyant, like, kind of charmer, almost space Del Boy character. Mm. He just turns out goes all right, lads. What's happening? Uh, here's That's what we're going to do. Like yeah. it's a little bit woo, a little bit wah. Yeah. He's English, I just like yeah, full right. English accent. Like, yeah. um, He's all right. Like, he, he was fine. He was fine. He didn't do anything. He was fine. There's been yeah. plenty of other people who you don't like, you know, for whatever other kind of artistic contributions have made that turn out to be like good actors and stuff. Man, like this, I don't see this being any different. Like, give him a chance. Do you mean? I just think right. Okay, he was he was in Dunkirk. Give Harry Styles a chance, Tom. Uh, fuck, I know where the, the Harry Styles stands will come after me then. Um, I'm just saying, in Dunkirk, right, you're like, okay, you're a pop star, you're going to make this film, right? But we're not, we're not, we're, you're, you're going to be in this role, and that's fine. I just think to hand oh. that kind of character over to somebody who has had... You don't what? even know what kind of character it is, do we? Eh? You don't even know who the character is. He's Thanos' brother, he must be a pretty fucking big deal. No, he's not really. Well, I mean, like he starts like leading the Avengers and shit, doesn't he? Like from yeah, the lines. Is that not a big deal? This is like a big deal. He's not. It's not Plus, a like he's also he's also being contracted for five movies. Yeah, so. my my point being is, I think it's a bit of a beefy role to give someone who's not really been in a lot. He seemed like from what he's in in this kind okay. of sequence, he seems fine. I feel you're being unfair. He is not. I've not seen it. I've he not is not it. the just... problem with the Eternals. Yeah, literally everything else is. Is Rob Stark good in it? No, no, he is no, not. He no. is fucking terrible. He is Lee? one of the worst actors like, I think I've ever come I think of. we're a bit coloured on this because we're Scottish. Well, and there's that thing where Scottish people don't like hearing. Yeah, like full like, Scottish spe- accents. Especially a Glaswegian. Aye, like yeah. his accent just it made me want to punch him in the face yeah. constantly. Like he's I, just. He's, he's so wooden, though. He's just. I, I haven't so seen the bodyguard. Stiff. Apparently, he's alright at that. But um, uh, he's Rob Stark. his like man Tommy like he is essentially he is Tommy. essentially the Superman standing in this yeah, right yeah, he's a, well, that's a he can fly he's super strong he does laser eyes guess where his character arc goes son of his mom he no, is the main he's, villain he's, the baddie. he's essentially an uncharismatic Homelander yeah oh like if Why the boys, if the boys hadn't been out, like I feel like this character might have kind of felt like it had something going for it. But like, considering how good the boys was, it just feels like he is doing a shit it's, version of that. Yeah. His mate's no DJ. Um, fucking like Hold there's on, right. What's the, the plot? Uh, so the Eternals have been on Earth. For, oh my God! Let's break the plot down to its absolute fundamentals here. Just, right? just keep it like, just keep it brief. Just tell it turns it. out that the Earth is an egg. 
Uh, <laughs> and the, the whole point of humanity yeah. is to feed the sentient creature at the middle of the egg. The celestial. It feeds on intelligence. What so the, the Eternals are there what? to like cultivate humanity to the point where there's that much of us that the brain egg can hatch from the planet and kill everybody. Right. So the Eternals will try to kill us. No, they are, but they didn't know it because they've all well, fucking oh, had their memories erased. Mate, the, the Eternals are essentially what? the Eternals are essentially farmers, right? And humans are cattle, right? So, a uh, Salma Hayek dies near the start, right? And it's a who done it, like a right. kind of effort. Well, not even because they just blame but it turns the deviants. Turns out it was turns crap Homelander, yeah. but like a in the course of her being killed, like her. Like Pope replacement, it uh, turns out being because uh, she can speak to God, mate. She's the Pope. Oh, she's the Pope. Yeah. Right. Okay. You, uh, need to, you need to tell me shit like that. You can't right. just throw so, words like Pope. I'm like, what the fuck? So the, do this? the new Pope that's an alchemist, like uh, <laughs> 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 she, she doesn't like that the the brain egg is going to hatch from the earth in Calvary. So they go on like a a road trip to get the band back together to try and find a way to at first make the thing go to sleep but then eventually they just decide to kill it by turning it to marble yeah. despite the fact that like honestly right it's Homelander like a double agent uh, no like he just no, he, 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 he just, just believes in the mission aye, he, oh, he's right. like he doesn't care that everybody's going to die like he just thinks like he's there for that purpose and he's going to see that purpose through to the end yeah. right. and well, if that, if that involves the, the, killing everybody that he loves he'll do it because yeah, he's a because <laughs> the, the, the Eternals are kind of robots they're farmers and now they're robots. All this so sounds okay. like we're making right. it up. No, okay, I'm, so, I'm so, just trying... This is really... So, like, the head honcho celestial guy, Almoran or something, well, I can't remember what his name was. Something daft. Right. Uh, has created the Eternals who are, like, kind of robot kind of hybrid Space things. farmers. Uh, and their their mission is to farm the humans, to make sure enough humans... They get told that they're helping humanity, they're protecting them to make them better. Yeah. Because like, what they're actually doing is just increasing the population and like making them more intelligent to feed the celestial at the core of the earth. Right, right. So, right, okay. So, big uh, Richard Madden believes in that mission uh, because when they die, unquestionably, unquestionably, because right. when the celestial baby is born, like even though the Eternals themselves will die, this big head honcho celestial keeps her memories. Right. and puts them into a new body so this isn't the first time that they've done this right. and this is essentially how the universe carries keeps on going. Keeps yeah it's, it's, like a, it's right. like a greater good thing yeah, it's, it's, it's saying that like I sure everybody on earth is going to die but the celestial that is born so from like, earth so is going to cultivate <laughs> no in a sense there's like I yeah, see what you're saying this but... war happens it just this happens all the time man it's just, it's just, it's just the keep shit going. Aye, pretty much. Okay. But like, uh, they, so like a big part of the movie is like they don't really know why the uh, alchemist robot has been chosen to be the new leader. They don't know why. Don't know why. Her powers are that she can like turn the ground into like liquid, or like turn a bus into rose petals, or yeah, like uh, a yeah, uh, fall on me ears into like fucking butterflies, all that stuff, right? So like a big part of the plot is about how if they all link themselves together through like a really fucking badly named MacGuffin called the Unimind, like uh, it can amplify one of their powers. Is that like they're all going to hold hands like in the gardens of galaxy? Uh, the, 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 the space hold hands, they all get joined by a big CGI yellow light. Yeah. Uh, but like the original plan is that the, the one who can control minds, they're all going to amplify his power to make it so that he can make the Celestial fall asleep. But then he gets punched once 
and it means that that plan can't happen. Wait, what? So he gets punched once. He's, he's, he's a bit concentration. He's a bit lightweight. I mean, like, uh, but then, like, after that, they just go from, oh, well, if we can't make her go to sleep, we're just going to kill it. But, like, I thought they were, the whole kind of movie, her power is that she can, like, change the state of matter. She can change, like, they even have, like, this whole bit where she explains her powers of, like, I can turn rocks into water or I can turn whatever into whatever. No, there's a bit with the tree. Aye, well, she, she turns a demon into a tree. Yeah. Um, but, like, her power is literally that she can make it so that solid matter is no longer solid. And then they've got this device that amplifies their power through the Unimind thing. So I was like, all right, I see what they're doing here. They're going to make it so that, like, she's going to be able to turn, like, a massive section of the Earth into, like, a substance where the Eternal can just leave Earth without breaking it apart. But no, they just decide to kill it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So they have a solution, and then it's like, this is a reasonable solution. They, but, but they don't... No, that's what I thought the story was going to go. They never even have that as an option. Right. Now, like they don't even consider it they just decide to turn the thing to fucking marble I have a theory about why they've done that and it's because in the comic books the current Avengers headquarters is a dead celestial in right. the Arctic and I wonder if they're going to go down that route of that's where the next Avengers base right. so this dead it, it manages to dead, poke it's, its head out and one of its hands yeah it's got a hand before out. the end uh, yeah. which in and of itself marble. would mean the earth was fucked because yeah. like, that massive a shift of a mass would they uh, take the earth out of its axis probably cause ice ages like maybe even fucking make the earth lose its orbit but uh, whatever man because like all this that stuff might be a you know, oh, well, that's, I mean, not, like, that's not even the end. Tommy. Ma- Marvel, oh. it keeps going. Marvel's been <laughs> daft for a while, right? Like, what a, happens after that? They kill the they kill the space baby egg thing, right? It goes into Marvel. Then the then guy Icarus, yeah. who's the fake uh, Superman, decides that because his name's Icarus, I guess he has to fly into the sun. Yeah. <laughs> flying right into the sun. He just goes for right. it, because he was a because right. he, he was annoyed I, I, that he'd I, I become feel, a baddie. All right, all right. I thought we like I filled my mission. Oh well. All right. So oh, like, hopefully, the main thing I hope that the uh, listeners get from this is that the Eternals is a big fucking mess. But it's like it's kind of entertaining. It, well, it it's has, not the it has, worst it Marvel has movie. Good points. It has its bad points. I think it's yeah. just so. It's like two and a half hours long. It drags. Jesus. Uh, right. A lot of the characters are quite uninteresting. Aye. Um, Who is the most interesting character? The what's his name? Man, Kingo. Is that oh, his name? Oh, the Camille Nanjiani one. Aye. Yeah, him. Yeah. Okay. He's, he's, he's the comic he's, relief. He's the comic relief. But he does like a really good comic relief throughout. Like he's yeah. actually quite entertaining. He's, he's got a, a sidekick that follows him about because he's making a documentary. He's also pretty funny. He's pretty funny. Uh, he, he's the kind of human like the character. the main the main character in the whole thing. No, yeah. he's... All right, I was going to say, why is an Eternal got a documentary group? Oh, no, Camille Nanjiani's character is He is. He's a Eternal. Yeah. All right, okay. Well, okay. Because he's lived so long that he, when he, when he, like, you get a lot of flashbacks to kind of earlier times when they're all cutting about the hanging gardens of Babylon and things like that. And uh, Salma Hayek goes, right, guys, up the road. Yeah. Go discover the world and stuff. So Camille Nanjiani's Kingo becomes a Bollywood star. And right. creates a dynasty where he's like his own great 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 grandfather and oh, things that's, like that. That's a decent cover. And his his art's pretty good. Right. He's good in it. Which does Jolie get much to do it? No, she's really miscast as well. well. I mean, like she does have a lot to do in it, but like none of it is particularly engaging. Yeah. Like she's like 
she none of them can remember that they've went through all this bullshit before and like they're the cause of like an entire planet's worth of people dying constantly right. uh, except for like there's like some condition that some Eternals sometimes get I believe they... it's called Battle Weary is it not like Mad Weary or something like that it's called it's not Battle Weary like, I think it's it had something I think weary. it had Mad in the title for it but like basically it's like she can kind of remember that all this shit's happened and it's like led to mass genocide in the past Right. So, so like she she turns on people, but like right. they don't really say, "Oh man, she remembers." Like they make out as if she's insane, and then of course she's trying to attack folk. Not that you know, for once she's actually uh-huh. lucid. I guess yeah. would really be how it actually is. But like, there's a couple of kind of story threads where she goes off the rails and like attacks folk, and then like a uh, Gilgamesh, which is like the Chinese actor. I don't know what his real name is in real life, but uh, he looks after her for a while and stuff like that, and then like. It just the whole thing's just a big fucking riot. It's right. just just a mess. So how, how would you how would you rank out of the following Eternals, the band Eternal, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is the best. <laughs> then the band Eternals, then the no, movie the no, Eternals. The band, the band are just called Eternal. Aye. With or without Louise right now. <laughs> you know that much about Eternal. <laughs> I, I'm not the biggest Eternal fan. As in the band. Yeah, a couple of good tunes, but yeah, no, I don't know their back. Really, never really did it for me. Okay. So Eternal Sunshine has put the spot. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's the yeah, unanimous winner, though. Yeah. I feel like there must be something else with the word Eternal in it that that was good as well. It might. It might be. <clears throat> so, yeah. Also, I, I will watch, because it'll be online, I will watch the end credit scene and possibly revise my thing about Harry Styles. I'm not watching this film because well, that's not the only end credit scene, Tommy. Because right. it turns out Kit, Kit Harrington Harrington talks to ghosts, who, who is dating one of the Eternals, right. uh, is <clears throat> has a family secret. Right, he talks in, to ghosts, in which he has a sword, a black sword, because he's the black, the black knight, knight, and it's not a ghost he talks to. It's, well, no, he does talk to ghosts because you hear the kind of ghost talk. All right, okay, yeah, okay. But, uh, it's Blade. Yeah, he, he talks, talks to, to, talks to Blade. You get Blade's voice. There's Marshall Okay. Who, like, had it been confirmed that he was going to be Blade before? Yeah. Was yes. it not? Did he not play a Cottonmouth in the Marvel's no. Defenders thing? No. No? no? no. Who was that? I know who you're talking about. Uh, he has not been a... He, no. Marshall Ali's not been in... Any? any anything no, Marvel? No. You sure? Oh wait a minute! Actually, double check. Cottonmouth. Uh, yeah, I am looking at it. I mean, like that just says to me that they're they're not taking the the Marvel TV stuff well, as canon. Then, I, I mean, that's what they're, they're wanting Daredevil. Well, no, the Marvel TV stuff isn't canon. It's not canon it's at not all. Canon. No, right. but there, there there was talk of maybe having Daredevil, Charlie, uh, Charlie in Cox, and a Spider Man. Was, was it? Some he he asked for somebody else as well, didn't he? Was it the what the fuck is the guy's name that played Kingpin? Oh, Vincent. Vincent. Aye, like yeah. he wants him back as well. That'd be cool. Like I, I would say, like but, see, see if you like, if you've got like time to spare and you just want to watch something. In the cinema. Aye, I think yeah. Yeah, you're right, man. So like, mind that picture of Biggie. Oh, Biggie Smalls with that crown, man. Fucking excellent. Uh, What's better, that picture of Biggie Smalls of the Crown, or death being really stoked in Castlevania because everything's death, going his way? Death in Castlevania. Really yeah. That's like <laughs> that's the greatest fucking. See, if you just put that on, right? Death is easily one of the best characters in Castlevania. Like just putting that on, it's like, man, that's a cool picture anyway. But once you know the context of that scene, it is just like amazing. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, so like I, I would, I would still recommend Eternals for all I've just said about it. He said it was fucking shit. It's <laughs> no, it's daft. I it's think like, see, like, see, if, see if you walk into it knowing <clears throat> what it is, it's probably an easier viewing. It is better than any DC movie being made so far. That's got like a. My issue was it felt a bit like a DC movie. Uh, it felt like a Justice League film. Absolutely, and I feel that's. In fact, sorry. Probably Chloe Zhao's fault. It's not as good as the new Suicide Squad. No, it's not. But, but other than that, like when you're ruling it, obviously no one talks about the old Batman's. They're like yeah. a separate thing. But like, no. Like it's it's not like you're not going to watch it and just be like, this is absolute pish. Like you'd be like, this is daft. But it's like, whatever, man. I actually prefer your guys's version of it with like the baby egg the celestial dude egg. that's the version of it but it's just those terms for oh, it. see, that, see that whole sequence when that when the whole plot is being explained to the new pope that's a right. really good sequence okay. and you just said to go ah this is really stupid fuck it fucking super daft it's no, just I, mental I, I, um i wasn't enamored by the trailer <laughs> i don't know if i want to watch it and like i said to got, you it's got some nice like it's got some it looks nice it's got some really nice cinematography. It's got a really weird sex scene. What was this? I don't remember a sex scene. I know Chuck Madden gets his hole. It's all oh, it's all shot from oh, about gets, the full aye, arms aye. up. He gets it in the, the hanging gardens of Babylon. Oh, yeah. I remember that. No, well, like after being shit at bacon. Yeah. Aye. Fucking hell. <laughs> this film. Uh, it's, this has been a season of... Wait, what? Like, it's just, it's, uh, it's, it, it suffers the same problem I find with the DC films especially just the films like the DC it's, DC universe characters are yes, these are gods no, these are so gods unrelatable. amongst men it's so unrelatable and this is kind of the same though at the same time like the the bit of the start where the new Pope is dating Kit Harrington and it's like a very ordinary life they've got like yeah. with a, a bit of kind of you know, supernatural shit flicked in because like mm. sprites there, and she's making herself look like an adult when she's not an adult and yeah. all that stuff. Like they, they at least ground these characters and make them feel human in a way that the DC stuff has never yeah. managed. Right. How is uh, Kit Harrington? He's fine. Bland. I, he's fine. He just, just just Kit Harrington. Like don't get me wrong. Like obviously, like a, you talk about a guy who like does the 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 cool guy a. Non react thing. Like he finds out that all this shit's going down, and like his reaction is just to be like, "Cool, yeah, it's alright." See, that's that's the thing I kind of worry about because. But, but no, then again, he has got a sword that speaks. Uh, that speaks to ghosts. Ghost. Yeah. Uh, sword that speaks to ghosts. Um, the only other thing I've seen him in is the Spooks film. Which did you not see him in Silent Hill too? Is he not? Have I seen Silent Hill too? I don't know. If I was he not? What, was it not like a horror movie where he was in the woods? Um, no, are you? I think you're thinking of. Uh, Rafe Spallman. Was it Greet in it? What? The lassie for Game of Thrones that he was. Yes, shagging. Was, uh, was he not in that with her? Not, no, it's not him, but that's that's a good movie. Uh, What's I, that I called? I fucking remember it. But yeah, it's about a couple that go to a cabin and then a lot of kind of fucking supernatural esque horror things start right. happening. Uh, what the fuck's it called? Honeymoon. That's what right. it's called. So, that's a good movie. Again, I don't even know why I'm bringing it up. Now I'm going to leave it. I was going to go woke for a minute there and just like... Yeah, there's, uh, a, there's a lot of woke. There's, in, a, there's a commendable part where yeah. Marvel finally fuck it, or Disney even finally fucking get off the fence and they stop queer baiting and just full on actually have two guys kiss. Do you know, I actually, <clears throat> I actually felt that they handled a lot of the kind of issues stuff Aye. quite well in this. And 
as director, that's where Chloe Zhao is very good. Like she, she's not. Was it not she's, bad? Like, actually? Yeah, she's not heavy. She's not as heavy-handed. Yeah. Like it, it felt real. Yeah. Like it felt like a like a situation that might actually yeah. exist. See, having like watched Nomadland, and I, again, I, I, Francis McDormand's fine in it, but it's a very kind of bland effort it's, and it's it's, kind of boring. It's bland poverty pornography. That's all. And, I, yeah, like that. Like, Sorry, pornography is not the word. Fetishization. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I mean that one like best picture and seen as this fucking amazing effort and it's it's fine but it's very I was like I don't really see the big deal she was kind of boring yeah. and bland now now that I'm, I'm like it's it's herself that made the Eternals I'm like oh. I, I wouldn't say it not the same movie see about two hours into the Eternals going like all this fucking crazy bullshit's going on like there's guys controlling people's minds there's like hallucinations happening like she's turning like a fucking dog thing into a tree he's flying about with beams coming at his eyes and like Gilgamesh is like making like big orange fists and fucking all that shit's going on I was kind of just like like Marvel it's like they, they have ramped up and ramped up through all the phases like they, they kind of just daft stuff just constantly build where you don't really kind of think like when it get to end game all that shit happened and it kind of feels like it should be there but like see when you think of how it started it was just like a fucking guy with a shield and a guy in a suit and it's like what it is now it's just so daft well the problem is just so ridiculous yeah it's like after an end game it's like right we have wrapped all this up now we need to start again and Um, it's just like overloading you with a lot of like well everywhere's kind of overloading with a lot of superhero related stuff I think that's one of the reasons why I will watch Shang Chi, but I'm just like, man, and I, Shang Chi is Star- much better. Star- started streaming on Disney Plus. Didn't yeah, I've seen that. it is much better. Yeah, Shang Chi. No, I'm not. Shang Chi looked good, but I just have no desire to go and watch anything by Marvel just now. I really uh, don't. I'm like, I just want to take a wee break from yeah. superheroes and that. And I mean, we've kind of had that though, have we not? Like, because uh, when was Endgame? It was like. Two years ago, three years no, ago. No, but in between, all Aye, that, if, if, you, if it wasn't for COVID, you would have had Black, Black Widow, Widow earlier. You probably would have had these earlier. Yeah, yeah. There's just a, like not just that. Not and just you've, and you've had the TV shows. Uh, yeah, that's okay. Not just so Marvel, but TV been. series. It just seems to be like, yeah. I'm just gonna take a wee break from that, and I will yeah. get to that. I still, know? I still will like, be there when you want. Uh, exactly. Go back, see, so. see, the thing is though, it's like as much as I like, I don't ever really find them to be standout great. But they're all just easy to watch. Like that's their appeal for me. Yeah, is they like, are quite easy to watch. You know, I'll, I'll watch all of Hawkeye when it comes out in like two weeks. Like I don't really expect it to be great, especially considering how kind of bland Falcon and Winter Soldier was. And this looks to be like yeah, not far removed from Haley that. Steinfeld stinks off everything she's done. They're all just like so easy to watch that it's it's fine. Do you mean it's, like this one? Like is is kind of all over the place as Eternals is, it still is not a thing where you watch it and you are actively fucking bored like you are with DC stuff of late. But, uh, it's worth watching. It just isn't particularly good. Well, I'll, I'll wait until it comes on Disney Plus if I... I'm not going to go and wait to see what I watch it. I'm not... Like, nothing about it pulls me in. Mm. So, we'll wait and see. Speaking of, what's, uh, what's out today? Is it Ghostbusters? Is that out already? So this week or next week, I think. I think that's next week. Well, I'll quickly. I don't, I don't know. The big, I'll quickly get the stuff up. I don't know. The big uh, 
Ah, who cares, man? That was Raptors in the kitchen. <laughs> okay, <laughs> join us next time where we will possibly talk about Ghostbusters and other stuff. And watch. other stuff. Yeah. Other stuff. I'm going to try and watch uh, the card counter before it leaves. So I'm interested. Maybe that's still on. Yeah, it's probably all we know actually. Right. So, oh, cry macho is this? Oh, we're really? not doing this, man. We're not doing this. Come on, <laughs> oh, no, let's no, just no, no, no. wrap it up, man. Oh, End it right here. 